pick a window. Wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. You're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast, and I am your host, the radioactive professor of all things comic book, J.C. Carter. Joining me today on the show, my super friends, in the north, our punk pixie, Miss Jocelyn Christensen. Hi, guys. And on the bridge of his own private enterprise, our very own Admiral James Tiberius, Batman, Lair, Jeff, Bill. Just really spiking that needle today, aren't you? <laughs> Being the, Somebody... the hype man. Hype, 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 hype. <laughs> it's because he's so excited that I came back. And I'm excited too. Know it. I just it know it. I'm like, I'm so glad she's back. We even have a story in the news section just for you. I know. I'm so excited. I love it. You're the only one who can explain it to our our, our listeners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have been adventuring. I have been. In I our nation's got... capital. Yeah, I went and got my history education on, and it was fantastic. I'm a dork, though. I love museums and history. So you drop me into a place that has buildings from the 1700s, mm-hmm. and I can eat in a tavern where George Washington ate, and I can see the house where the British came in during the French and Indian War and pissed off the owner, and so that's why we don't let the troops into our homes now. Mm-hmm. It was like a dream come true. Let the Marines the only... in. They'll eat all your crayons. Right. It's true. <laughs> But the only thing that I didn't find was a comic book store. Now, to be fair, I didn't really look very hard for one either, but, you know. I don't know if yeah. there's one in D.C. proper. You might have to... there, there's got to be. There's got to. Got to drop, drop out to, you know, the outskirts of D.C. Yeah, we went to Alexandria. So hmm. um, I did see um, at the Smithsonian Museum of American History... I got to see Captain America's shield ha- as held by my by my once dream boyfriend, Chris Evans. He's now a taken man, so I've let it go. But, you know. Oh, that's fair. He touched it once, you guys. It is what pretty cool. Is what, how's your week been? Uh, don't uh, mind uh, me. Uh, I'm looking up comic book shops in the D.C. area. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fulfillment hell uh, has been my week mostly. Oh, I bet. Yep. Just uh, waiting. I've got how many? Eighteen, I think, left or thirteen. So it's in the teens at least to still get out to people. Um, I've got a chunk of people meeting me down at the University Mall in Provo oh. uh, next next Saturday. Uh, here we were just talking about not having things to do on Saturdays. And I've been scheduling these things because I never have anything to do on Saturdays. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be going down there. Uh, it's only for a couple of hours because it's about how long I can stand to be in Orem um, <laughs> at a time anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be down there to, to deliver. Um, but, yeah, I've got I put out a I put out a, a request for everybody in Utah to let me know if they wanted to do a pickup instead of a delivery uh, instead of me mailing it to them and still waiting for a 
big group of people to get back to me. I wound up, um, though I did wind up going, okay, I know they'll never email me back. I know they'll never get back to me. So I just put it in the mail form. And uh, they've already, most of them have already received it, according to uh, backer kits. So everything's going out. It's almost out, guys. I've got one guy in Canada. I got to get a box so I can ship to him because he he has a big order. And then everything else um, is hard as fuck finding an 11 by 17 box. (laughs) I bet. I bet. Unless I want to order like 25 of them to then clutter up my my office with boxes that i won't need until the next kickstarter so uh but yeah it's all kinds of fun um looking forward to having another kickstarter maybe in may maybe we'll see all how right, things go right. we'll see how things go for issue five fingers crossed all how right. about you jeff what's got, new with you sir i got two things uh the first is Big Planet Comics of Washington, D.C., Phantom Comics, Derby Comics, Big Planet Comics, Victory Comics, and The Barbarian Bookshop, all in Washington, D.C. Well, not one of them is on the hop-on, hop-off bus tour, so I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm with you. No, it's, I mean, (laughs) what do you do? But The Barbarian Bookshop, what a name. That's That's a great name. I think that bus tour needs a needs it needs to be improved if it's not <laughs> in comic book shops. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, it is the it is the new year. We've got a new year. Welcome to the new year, everybody. Hello. I know I'm a month late, but what the fuck? Who gives a oh, shit? No, you're only it's it is the new year. It's the year the year of the dragon started yesterday. So yes, officially officially new, lunar new year has begun. Yes, I'll take it. Um, so if you'll head over to the comicbookpodcast.com and right there underneath that giant fucking logo, uh, is a little video uh, that I've put together for you guys to watch and a little description Mm -hmm. of what the fuck the video is about with a link that you can click. And if you click that link and follow through, you get to buy a piece of the Defenestrate Media, uh, uh, business. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Um, we are going to make an expansion. I'm going to build a podcast slash broadcast studio, uh, not only so we can do our own shows, but so that I can help, um, you know, other people and nonprofits start up their own uh, bit of content creation. Um, I like working with those that either need help or need more help. Uh, It's kind of my thing. So that's what we're Mm -hmm. building right now. Uh, I mean, wouldn't that be nice? So go over to the comicbookpodcast.com. You know, uh, and uh, join us in this next evolution. And if you if you think, well, everybody else will cover it. I don't need to do it. No, no, you're the everybody else, so you do it. Help, help everybody, help us out. Be everyone. Be everyone. Yes. Be better. Be best. <laughs> and give us a help, helping hand on this. Yep. Um, and uh, as w- as you will know from. My own fundraising. Anytime there's fundraising, you're going to get bugged a lot. So get us to our goal, and then we stop bugging. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. The quicker we fill it, the quicker I shut up. It's true. I, I say that about you know these these shallow nun kickstarters every time. It's like if you if you just get me to the funding goal, the only thing I'm going to talk about is hey, if we hit this marker, we'll get a stretch goal, and then I shut up. I don't have to talk anymore because <laughs> I've already hit my goal. Um, yeah, so it's uh, 
same thing here. Get us there, and then maybe we'll throw some stretch goals into the fundraiser. Something fun. Yeah. I got a mountain of comic books I could probably, you know, give away. And we can uh, do that. We can do we can do guest hosting. I'll see if I can yeah. find those files of uh, uh, Jason Williams reading Fifty Shades of Grey. If not, I'll do it my Ooh. damn self. Ooh. But I've those... never read that. Is it good? Anybody read it? No. No. <laughs> no. No, it's not good. No. Or no, you didn't read it. Wait a minute. Let me let me let me tell a very quick story because we got to get no. to the news. But. When yeah. we did when we did a fundraiser a bunch of years about ten years ago, uh, one of the one of the tier prizes was if you give this amount of money, we'll have Jason read um, random pages from um, Fifty Shades of Grey, and Ooh. somebody somebody actually picked that level, and mm-hmm. so in the spirit of of, of entrepreneurial uh, creativity, I went down to the Kmart. This was that long ago. I went down to the Kmart. <laughs> And I found the goddamn book, and and I very surreptitiously took pictures of a couple of pages with my cell phone, and I sent those up to to Jason. Now there's a thing in auto editing called the rolling edit, and everybody in the room has heard this before. But basically, you go and you go and you go until you fuck up, then you back up before the fuck up and you start again, and you just kind of go, and it's way quicker than doing entire takes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. so that was how Jason was editing it. And the first one, which was less than 40 seconds long, had almost 50 rolling edits in it because he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the second one I am given to understand was even longer, had okay. more had more edits in it. So is it good? No. 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 Have have Mormon housewives been masturbating to it for more than a decade now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Proving once again that the Doctrine and Covenants is not hot. That's true. <laughs> I, I'll tell you I, what. You know, never found it hot. So You yeah. give me access to that Pearl of Great Price and we'll be talking. Oh, baby. Uh, you just took it to a level that I don't understand. I so. just literally got audible groans in the room. So <laughs> <laughs> I understood Doctrine and Covenants and that's where you lost me. So. It's just another. It's just another book. I know. I know. I I've know. heard. I, it's I've the heard, rules. It's the rules. I've heard it called a bean before, but never a pearl. <laughs> Seriously, <Just got> <laughs> when presented, it is most normally heteronormatively before swine. Exactly. Yeah. Men or pigs? Oh, what I'm saying Lord. is men or pigs. That's where I'm at. Men, pigs. Nope. I, I, got, I got what you, I. I see what you did there. That's awesome. That's what I do. Well, now that we're all happy, go lucky. Uh, time to dive into some sad news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, it's not all sad. Toby Keith died, but we're going to talk about oh. that in a minute. <laughs> uh, sad. Ah, that one's coming. Follow in the sad, sad category. Mojo Nixon passed away, ah. but he he didn't go quiet. Apparently. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the Elvis is Everywhere <laughs> singer died while on a country music cruise. Nice. <laughs> I read that. Yeah. Found a day on board the annual Outlaw Country Cruise where he was a regular presence, both as a performer and a co-host. Uh, he mm-hmm. just performed the night before. Cause was a cardiac event. Sad. I'm looking at the picture of him, and I'm like, yep. Yep. <laughs> you and me both, pal. Um. Uh, let's see. Um, 
A cardiac event on the Outlaw Country Cruise is just about right. And that's just how we did it. Mojo has left the building, says a statement from his family. Uh, since Elvis is everywhere, we know he was waiting for him in the alley out back. Heaven help us all. <laughs> Aw, what a good so statement. I go, I exclaim, oh no, Mojo Nixon died. And I get, uh, you know, a chorus of who the fuck is Mojo Nixon? So I put on Elvis is everywhere. Yep. And that was three days ago, two days ago. And it has been stuck in my fucking head ever since. <laughs> so of course I inflicted everybody at work with it. Um, nice. Both Braxton and customer alike. A couple, two, three times yesterday, uh, just for fun, because why not? If you're going right. to do evil, make sure it doesn't do actual damage. There you go. Yep. Soft evil. Soft glove evil. That's me. Mm -hmm. um, William William O'Connor died. Um, you might recognize him. O'Connell. Um, O'Connell. He was in uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And uh, something with Clint Eastwood that I don't really give a shit about, but, uh, but yeah, he was in what? he was in the original series um, mm -hmm. of Star Trek. Passed away Monday, January fifteenth, at his home in Sherman Oaks, California. Um, death was not cause of death has not yet been given. Uh, he was born nineteen twenty nine in Los Angeles. Uh, he was a prolific actor throughout the sixties and seventies, appearing in bit parts in several popular television series of the time. One of his first on-screen roles came in 1959 with the crime drama Highway Patrol. Mm -hmm. But yeah, seriously, I mean, you look at his other TV credits. Peter Gunn, Twilight Zone, Going My Way, My Three Sons, The Lieutenant, The Outer Limits, Valentine's Day, Rawhide, Bonanza, The Munsters, Batman, The Lucy Show, and many, <laughs> many more, including Star Trek. Star Trek, the love, the... Orion masquerading as a, uh, oh, what is that? An Andorian. Yeah. Oh. The Orion, ma the spoiler alert, he's an Orion masquerading as an Andorian. Uh, <laughs> I think 1965, you get a little bit of a stretch on that one for spoiler alert. Yeah. I, I think I, get, I think I could spoil that one. If you haven't seen that episode. Yeah. Journey to Babel. Um, this was early first season of Star Trek. Um, they were experimenting a lot. This was the one that blew the makeup budget. Mm. And they did they were not sophisticated with makeup back then. And no. so it was it was like when the uh the Tellerite is yelling at um uh Sarek in the one scene, you can see the mask in front of his eyes, you know, like it's not cut you know, like his eye it's move like the camera would move and his you can see that it's just mask it's just eye holes in a mask. <laughs> it was just so weird. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the Andorians were, looked really good, um, until they were in a, you know, their stuntman was in a fight scene. Then you can see the pink skin coming through. So, yep. It is. It's a damn shame is what it is. But you know what? 1929. Mm -hmm. That's a good run right there. It is. Yeah. That's not bad and his, at all. His Clint, East, his Clint Eastwood stuff. I mean, he was in every single Clint Eastwood movie cause he was buddies with him. So it's Paint Your Wagon, High Plains Drifter, The Outlaw Josie Wales, Every Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can. Guy was showing up everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, yeah. Toby Keith died. <laughs> I got to... Here, wait, wait. Let me contain... Let me contain my sadness. Oop. I squished my sadness like a teeny tiny ant. <laughs> <laughs> because good, I good, don't good. really have any because you know what there's more than two dudes in the world that wear a white hat and I'm one of them 
That's true. And people that look at me and go, you look like Toby Keith. Go fuck yourself. I most certainly do not. Toby Keith looks like me. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, Keith had controversies over the year, including a public tussle with Natalie Maines of the Chicks. Almost yep. said they're, I almost dead named them. Yeah. Ah, don't um, do that. She was critical uh, of the 2002 single, uh, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, the Angry American, um, that he wrote because he was pissed off at brown people for 9 11. Yes. Uh, he got in a fight with fucking Chris Christopherson, of all people. Chris right. Christopherson. Why, why would you fight with him? No, he's Dummy. Chris Christopherson. He helps Blade hunt vampires. Jesus Christ. That's right. a guy you don't want to fuck with. Right. Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. I like Chris Christopherson. I always have. I don't know if he's a good guy, bad guy. I don't even know how he votes. And I hope I never do. I just like the guy. Right. You know? Right. So, and, I actually and he saw didn't Toby, like Toby Keith, Keith in concert once. Oh, the enemy. Back before, but, but it was well before. It was when his career was very first starting because he toured with Chris Ledoux. I saw him up at the Weber State. <laughs> so, yeah. Back when he wore a black cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did wear a black one back then. Mm-hmm. That is. But I like yeah. my hat. That's all I'm saying. And I've I gone like- through years of people saying dipshit to me about it. And uh, basically, you know, looks like Toby Keith. And I still wear my hat. There. Because Toby you Keith should, can kiss my hat. I ass. agree. Toby Keith looks like you. And now mm-hmm. he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Does not matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Oh, speaking of dead... Um, Gina Carino is suing Disney <laughs> over her firing. Now, what what I know from a fifty thousand foot level is she didn't get fired; her contract didn't get renewed. And right. if I know that right out the gate, I have a feeling that Elon Musk throwing money at Gina Carino or Carano. Uh, Sue and Disney is just going to be one other wasted chunk of money. And look, I had a crush on Gina Carano for years, but once you start spewing anti-Semitism, I'm not on your team anymore. I don't care how hot you are. You know, Mel Gibson, you hear me? Sport? Doesn't matter that the fat man was a goddamn, should have been an Oscar contender. You're in it. Idiot. Shut up. Stop being so hateful. Stop it. Stop. Knock it off. <laughs> Quit it. Well, and, and the thing with Carano, um, there there are people offering her work. It's not working in Star Wars anymore. I'm working for Disney. These people will not have the deep pockets that Disney has to hire her, but people are offering her work. Her career isn't dead. It's just not as big as it will ever be again. Yeah. Because of what she said. Yeah. And she's pissed at the cancel culture side of it, but her contract did not get renewed. That is that, you know, she wasn't wrongfully terminated. Her contract was not renewed. And they've, they haven't even, they haven't even brought the character back in uh, the Mandalorian. They talk about her, you know, in passing, but they, she's not been brought back. And it's not like they're going to recast Grief Cargo either. You know, now that uh, now that he's passed Carl away, passed, Carl, yeah. yeah, that Carl's Weathers is passed. They're not going to replace him. They'll just they may they may say, oh, he passed away, and you know, you'll have Grogu and uh, and and Dinjarin at his at his funeral or something. But 
Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing with Carano, it's like, girl, you need to get over it. I know you're pissed about it, but seriously. You opened your mouth and said the thing. Yeah. You know, stop being mad that you're being punished for what you did. I have been punished throughout my life for things that I've done and sometimes for things I haven't done. Mm-hmm. And you know what you do? You fucking knuckle down, you plan your revenge smartly. Yes. Yeah, at no point in my life of my revenge fetishism have I ever been like, I'm going to sue Disney because I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. I'm going to sue Disney with no grounds to sue them. Yep. yep. Like, it's not, it's so Can't, funny to me. I yeah. I, Musk is like, I'll underwrite it. And it's like, uh huh. That's great. Throw away another million dollars. But I don't even think it'll make it to trial. I know it won't make it to trial unless Something they get weird a really clever lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Or Disney goes, <laughs> let's take it to trial. That'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do. All right. That's it for the news. Okay, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're talking moving pictures. Tell if me. you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first job? Not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters. Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Tell me. There is nothing wrong with your television. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. All right, what you watching on the uh, the the moving pictures this week? Just I um I I totally missed that this was happening, but the Marvels dropped on Disney Plus. I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys talked about it on the show while I was gone. Um, nope. Uh, no, no, it oh. dropped it. Oh, well, yeah, I was just super surprised. Like, I, yeah. I, like, looked on my TV, and I'm like, the Marvels is streaming. I hadn't heard a thing about it dropping, finally. So <laughs> I watched the Marvels because it is still a fantastic movie. I don't care what anybody else says. It mm-hmm. was awesome. And I'm going to watch oh. it probably again tomorrow night, too. So, and then also we finished watching uh, the Percy Jackson show on Disney+. Plus. We watched all of that, and it was Percy Jackson-y. It was I, fine. Yeah, I really want to watch that one. It was it I was just, good. I yeah. if, if you liked the books or if you read the books, um, it held very true to what I remember of the books from when I read them with my kids when they were little. I so. just all I've seen is the original movie way back when, about ten oh, okay. years ago or okay. so. That's all I know of it. But I'm looking at it and <laughs> I want to watch it and and uh-huh. yeah. It was it was worth a watch, in my opinion. It was done really well. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. So, yeah. So go watch that on Disney Plus. But cool. that's really we didn't watch a ton while we were traveling. So, I mean, I think I put on National Treasure at one point on the flight home and then fell asleep. So that's fun. You know. How about you guys? What'd you watch this week? Um, another couple episodes of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. 
Um, really, really enjoying the shit out of that show. Mm-hmm. I want to watch that. We haven't had time to watch that one yet. Yeah, that one's been a lot of fun. Um, also watched the Marvels. Uh, I think Friday night when it dropped. Yeah, yeah, it was Friday night when it dropped, and mm-hmm. I believe I was the only one who made it through to the end. <laughs> but still, what a delightful romp. Um, you know what? Hey, incels, I don't care what you say. The Singing Planet was fucking brilliant. That was that so was much fun. <laughs> such a highlight of that movie. Yeah. Um, it was. Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, after midnight on CBS, following Colbert at 12.37 p.m., uh, Taylor Tomlinson and the gang have uh, resurrected Chris Hardwick's old At Midnight show uh, that okay. used to follow The Daily Show. And, you know, the thing <laughs> is, I really like Taylor Tomlinson. I think she's funny as hell, uh, even though, you know, we're about, I think, 40 or 50 years apart in age. Um, I find her very <laughs> relatable. And... And so when I heard that she was getting a show, I was, I was happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I tune into it for the first time, and it's fucking at midnight, and I was like, wait, what the fuck is this all about? And I'm like, I'll give her a shot. And the only thing, the only the only note I had was, you know, get more comfortable with your teleprompter. And mm. over the last couple of weeks, she has. Mm. You know, and the show's just fucking funny. I put it on, everybody laughs. Mm-hmm. So uh, after midnight, um, it's streaming uh, on what Paramount Plus, uh, yeah. with no commercials at this time. I, I oh. guess unless you have commercials, I don't think I do. Mm. Yeah, because I watch soccer games and I get sick of commercials when the soccer games are on. It's well, it's yeah. uh, it's kind of arbitrary whether or not you'll get commercials. Yep. If you're even if you're at the ba- the the base level like I am, <laughs> it's like sometimes you get you get just so many fucking commercials. Yep. Um, like Star Trek Prodigy was almost ruined for me by all of the inane Nickelodeon commercials that kept running while, I mean, yes, I know it's a Nickelodeon show, but Jesus, those commercials were so, I'm like, this is the dumbing down of America right here. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll yeah. Give you that. What do you, and, what have you uh, been watching? What's that? What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, I finished off Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Um, holy shit. What an ending. Uh, I mean, it's only eight seasons or eight episodes this season. So, um, waiting to see, hopefully they'll, you know, and they set it up. What's like, <clears throat> if they don't come back, I know how it came out. If they do come back, I'm interested to see how they came out. So it'll be fun. Um, maybe they'll run it like true detective and, mm-hmm. and it'll be, it'll be a new couple every year. There you go. Ooh. That could be interesting too. Yeah. Um, we watched, uh, where you guys watched the Marvels, I had watched it recently, um, because it was available streaming, you know, streaming early before it went to Disney. Um, so I, I'd already watched it. So what I watched was the, uh, the behind the scenes one they did for Oh, it. yes. The making uh, of. The making of. And that was really cool. There were things I did not know. Um, pretty much. Almost, I'd say a 90% female-run production. Yeah. The producer, the the line producer who was on set, a woman. Uh, the director, woman. Uh, most, the 90, like I said, most of the department heads, all women. And it was like, I'm like, this, that's why it feels the way it feels, which is, it feels right. 
And it's why it pisses off the incels because they don't like how it feels. But uh, yeah, it's I'm like, you know what? There are other movies to watch. You don't have to yuck everybody's yum just because you don't like it. And so they went on and, you know, they, they trashed it. And of course, the critics are trashing anything superhero now. So right. yeah, it was like, but like I said, I went through looking at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes for it. And it was like every other one, every rotten one was a male, uh, seemed to be a male reviewer. And every uh, fresh one was a female reviewer. And I'm like, right there, that tells you everything you need to know as to why that movie didn't succeed. That and they released it while they were still in a strike, so the the actors couldn't go promote it. Right. Because I tell well, you, at, watch, they... watching watching them talk about it on the making of, I'm like, if that had been if they'd been on the road talking about that that way uh, on the talk shows, yeah, it would have right. done a lot better. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and there was just no advertising, and there was no advertisement. No. Even, no. I mean, strike or not, they could have been promoting it, and they mm-hmm. didn't. So, yep. I don't know. Yep. Anyways, I, yeah, I'm going to go watch that making of now. That sounds awesome. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Of, of all the making ofs, because usually I'll, I'll watch them and I'll get bored partway through this one. I held my right. attention the whole way. Yeah. Right. The making ofs are the new DVD special features. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need, I, mean, I, I need the outtakes. Where do I find the outtakes, you guys? Uh, YouTube, <laughs> when somebody pulls them off of the Blu-ray and puts them up there, basically. Yes. That's that's where you'll All find right. them. I'm going to watch for it. Uh, then I watched um, The Greatest Night in Pop So good. So good. I, what is I it? Was, I don't even know what it is. Um, it is about uh, We Are the World. Okay. Do you, remember, do you know that song? I do know that we song. We are the world. Yes, yes. It this was a parody was... song for African famine. Yes. No. Yes. 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 And it was it was basically the American response to Bob Geldof's um, Live Aid or yeah Band Aid. Um, do they know it's Christmas album? And how it comes together is so fascinating. Like I did not know. That there was only one way you were going to get all those pop stars together on one night in the United States. And that was to do it on the night of the AMAs. Like, after oh, the AMAs were that over. that makes sense. The guy putting sense. this whole thing together... Well, there were three... There were four guys putting it together. One of them was Lionel Richie. He was also, that year, hosting the AMAs and won, like, five AMAs <laughs> <laughs> while he was there. And then he had to go do this, the, 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 the recording. And it was just, it's like, what a, what a hell of a thing. They, they had to, they didn't start the recording until 11 o'clock, 11 PM. Uh, because the, they had to get through, everybody had to get there from the AMAs, but just everybody, they got to show up. Um, uh, what happened during the recording is all in this documentary and it is, because they had cameras running the entire time, video cameras running the entire time. So there was a wealth of footage that the documentarian was able to pull from. And, oh, my God, what a great show. I, I was like, oh. And then, they, you know, it, you don't actually hear the song until the closing credits. And I was like, I can't believe I remember this much of this song. <laughs> like, I made it through the second verse without, you know, falling off and going, I don't remember the words there. It's like I remembered all the words. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a huge song. I remember the song. It was it was a huge song in 1985. Yes. 
and carried into 1986 just a little bit, and then it was done. And uh, then it was passe because, you know, your mom was singing it kind of thing. So, uh, I, you know, you stopped listening to it. But I remember, you know, just because... So, basically, I hadn't heard it since 1985 uh, when, it, when it was everywhere and you heard it all the time. And yet I could remember all the I could remember the all the all those lyrics. It was it was incredible. Um, a lot of it was incredible. I mean, just the whole documentary was incredible. My my <sighs> favorite part, and this one's I, not a spoiler, is mm-hmm. when, when fucking Stevie Wonder's like you know, hey, we got to put some Swahili in it, and he does. He goes off on that track. It's like four o'clock in the morning. And he's like, no, no, we got to have some Swahili in it. It'll be great. Fucking Waylon Jennings is like, I'm out. I don't speak that. He takes off, and finally somebody's like, hey, Stevie, they don't speak Swahili in Ethiopia. Well, I like, I like, because Bob Geldof showed up. I guess he was at the AMAs for, you know, um, Do They Know It's Christmas. He shows up, and he was there for the choir part of it, which they recorded first to get everybody out that didn't need to do the solos. And he, he's like, he, he walks over to Stevie, says, Stevie, the people who speak Swahili aren't the people who need to donate. <laughs> and it was just that moment of, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Waylon Jennings walks out. But Kenny Rogers and Willie Nelson stay. They were there like, we're, we'll sing Swahili. Whatever you want, man. <laughs> it is. I mean, there are so many great revelations in there. So yeah. many great revelations in there, including, and I will not go to my favorite part because I want, I don't want to spoil it. And yes, it's a documentary, but as far as I'm concerned, there's spoilers, but you know, the guy who did the arrangements and who he picked to sing with whom, yeah, you know, was just inspired. It was just mm-hmm. absolutely inspired. So <laughs> it was just great. Especially. Yeah. One particular pairing, which surprised one of the pair. I know, me too. Uh, I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. And I'm like, that is so brilliant. They do have similar voices. You would never think that. Yeah, it was so brilliant. Oh, my God. Well, if you're Quincy Jones's best friend, you better know something about music. Yeah. Well, fucking Quincy Jones. I mean. True. Quincy Jones conducting the whole thing. Oh, man. It was incredible. (laughs) Just incredible. And it was like, I'm like, I know every one of these people. You know, from my childhood, you know, from my my uh, my teenage years. Um, and what a what a I, I won't I won't spoil it, but it's such a great moment. There's such a great moment for Huey Lewis. Yes. <laughs> such a great moment. I was like, holy shit. What a great moment for you. Well, you know, I'm like, yeah. All right. Well done, Huey. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, Queer Eye <gasps> dropped an eighth season. Shut up, I didn't know that. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. So I may or may not have just binged the whole fucking thing over the last couple of days. Fair. Um, The the one that got me um, just grinning ear to ear. I mean, they all make you tear up a little bit. But the one that got me grinning ear to ear is this jazz musician, clarinetist. I did not know the clarinet could do those things. And I find that all the time with jazz musicians. There are jazz musicians that find some weird fucking instruments. And I'm like, I had no idea that instrument could do that. You are 
brilliant. And this lady um, just was amazing. And uh, it was more, to me, it was more of a celebration of her than a makeover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. It was just so much fun. And that made me smile. But then, you know, New Orleans jazz always makes me smile. True. I was on the, before we started recording, I was on the, I was on hold with GoDaddy and I was here in New Orleans jazz and it was making me smile. I'm like, <laughs> I see, I see how you're diffusing my anger. <laughs> I gotta be honest, that hold music pisses me off every time. I'm like, every time I push that fucking pound, you know, or hashtag yeah. you youngins. And it's like, you want to hold that music? Press pound. Okay. Press pound. Bing. And I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to this bullshit. I'm mad. I'm upset. I've got a problem. And I don't want to be mollified. I don't want to be mollycoddled. I don't want to be made to feel better. You know, but I mean, whole yeah. music or not, the dude answers. And I'm always just the sweetest fucking guy on the phone. Well, yeah, I'm, because no. no matter how mad you are, if you're just screaming at people, you're never going to get anything done. But I do not yep. want that hold music. It's, oh, especially the okay. the weird barbershop quartetty one they do. They've got oh, yeah. they got four pieces of music, and they're all to me. They're all just awful. <laughs> anyway, carry on. My my hold was basically well. I, I ignored the hold at the beginning, you know, waiting for the dude. But when he put me on hold to f- solve my problem, it was New Orleans jazz. So I was like, fine, I'll be happy. <laughs> um and then finally uh last night because it was chinese new year i watched uh shang chi oh very nice Rewatched shang chi again and goddamn still love that movie it's a good movie and and i'm watching that going you know that it was this and multiverse of madness and then i don't really feel like i really appreciated a marvel movie again until the marvels yeah, and I, I had a Thor movie in there. I had really? Eternals. I had all these other. I had a Black Panther movie, and I didn't. I didn't enjoy them as much since Multiverse of Madness until the Marvels. So, for those who have not watched the Marvels because you listen to idiots, um, stop that now <laughs> and go watch the Marvels. It's on Disney Plus. Let's make it a hit. Just try and remember, guys. It's you're listening to three people that I can guarantee with evidence have been laid (laughs) (laughs) and we like the marvels and that's probably the reason why yeah yeah women are strong and important and you know your belief that just because a girl is in a film makes it bad well Mm -hmm. that's why your palms have fucking calluses you wanker (laughs) (laughs) women are awesome they're the best it's true. It's true. That's why I come on the podcast, just so I can hear things like that every week. Yep. <sighs> Carries me through. I'm here for you. Thanks. Brad. I think they're. I think they're angry from the chafing in another part of their body. That's all. What's? What do you think the callus does? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chafes you up. Chafes you up. Let's do some uh, moving picture news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Daredevil Born Again has a set video out that teases a sinister villain's MCU debut. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Here's I'll the deal. I didn't watch it. <laughs> this is a spoiler for the show. So I'm going to read the headline and invite you over to the comicbookpodcast.com to look this one up yourself if you want the spoiler. 
Otherwise, hey, there's a cool new thing that makes us think this is going to be a really good show. Can we can we do that? Can we agree on that for this one? Yes, absolutely. I honestly, I did not click the link because I like to try and go in as blind as I can. Mm-hmm. And since I don't watch network television, I don't see a lot of ads like promotional things. Yeah, but this so, is a, yeah, this yeah. is a big deal. If this is true, right. this is a huge deal. Well, I'm it is sure true. It is. it is true. They they zoom in on this thing and they see you see a name and the name is significant. I don't understand the significance of it, so I was wanting Joss to explain it to me, but we can wait until the episode airs and then she can explain it to me then. Or at least I the trailer. I won't even know, but No, no, you will know. You will know. Okay. I don't. Okay, good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at least Remember. until the trailer comes out. If they show him in the trailer and all that, then great. Otherwise, mm-hmm. this is somebody on the side of the road with a hidden cell phone being a dick. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, Nick Cage wants to be in Star Trek. Okie dokie. We're going to have to dump the warp core. That was my <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Accolades, accolades. Um yep. But yeah, one uh, over the course of his impressive career, Nicolas Cage has seemingly done it all. Um, however, the unbearable weight of massive talent star has previously teased uh, how the one role he wants is the one that still eludes him. He mm-hmm. wants a part in the Star Trek franchise. To which I say to any of them, mm-hmm. it's Nicolas Cage. Put him in. You did it with Christian Slater, for Christ's sake. Granted, his <laughs> mom was the casting director, but still... Doesn't have to be a big part. He doesn't need his own ship. You put fucking Fraser Crane in a goddamn starship. What does Fraser Crane need with a starship? True. <laughs> well, I'm like, give him his own starship. He it doesn't have to be the hero ship. Ooh, there you, know, you go. It could be like Kelsey Grammer's uh, you know, captain who was the captain of the Bozeman. It was he appears at the end of the episode, but from that point on, we know that he exists in the in the Star Trek universe, and I'm like, just give Nick Cage a a, a ship and have him help the hero ship for an episode or a movie, and then he goes off, flies off to his adventures, and we are like, okay, we're done. We now have we now establish that and and we now establish that Nicholas Cage is a captain in the. Star Trek universe, just like Kelsey Grammer is a captain in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> Does that make Hank McCoy a captain in the Star Trek universe? Sure, why not? All right, why not? I'm it's all just, in. It's just not as funny as Fraser Crane. I yeah. know. Zipping I about at warp nine, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Series creator in DC Universe co-CEO James Gunn has revealed that he's finished writing Peacemaker Season 2. Uh, on Thursday, Gunn hopped on Threads, the sane alternative to Twitter, um, <laughs> to reveal more details about his upcoming projects. This time, the focus is on Peacemaker. Um, season one was fucking great. As long as Eagly is in season two, I am there for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, he confirmed uh, that he was done writing. So that'll be fun. At least we know that's uh, that's coming. One thing that uh, makes shooting something easier is, uh, is having a script. All right, yeah. I am I am switching 
the last two stories because the last story is the best story. Yes. Okay. Of the year it. so far, as far as I'm concerned. But Joe Manganiello, or I should say the ex Mr. Sophia <laughs> Viagra. Yeah. Yes, um, Mr. Vagara. <laughs> um, yeah, he pitched a movie, a Colossus movie, to Marvel, in which my guess is he would star. Uh, probably. And it seems like Marvel yeah. said, why don't you go over there and stand next to Channing Tatum for a few minutes? <laughs> and then all the ladies in the office visited, and they're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, make no mistake, you know, you put that list of, uh, am I bisexual? Together. Joe Manganiello is on that list. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, I Look. just, I mean, that dude would take his shirt off in fucking yeah. the weird vampire show, True Blood. Mm -hmm. And every time he's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Look, all we got to do, we hit the end of the, uh, we're hitting the end of the, uh, the, we hit the end of the Marvels, right? The the post credit scene of the Marvels, and you get Kelsey Grammer returning in his his role. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you could just again, we're we're about to have a Deadpool movie. You could actually have Joe Manganiello show up as the as Colossus just to be a moment of going. You always see me this way, <laughs> you deluded motherfucker. Why do you see me this way? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Joe Manganiello. <laughs> exactly. I once lain with Sofia Viagra. <laughs> and no, I will not say her name right. My name is right. Mm -hmm. My name is, I believe, more correct. Probably. More correct. In the mm -hmm. most important news, entertainment oh news this year so far, Reacher Season 3 has new cast members, one of which is Mr. Anthony Michael Hall. Jam Bell Doppelganger. Cuff Anthony up my Michael Hall. <laughs> Girls can't hold, Toby they Keith. smoke. What? That's right. I thought Toby Keith was the doppelganger. Now it's Michael no. Anthony Ew. Hall. No, it's never it was never Toby Keith. <laughs> um first of all, you look at photos of Jeff when he was 14. And you look at pictures of Anthony Michael Hall from the early uh, movies Rat that he did. Rat Pack days. The Rat Pack days. Mm -hmm. When he was skinny before he bulked up for Johnny B. Good. Um, and then and then look at him in Johnny B. Good and look at Jeff's photos when he bulked up for uh, water polo. They, they looked alike. <laughs> That's a all lot, I'm saying. Yeah. All right, all right. They looked very alike. They looked very alike. Um, so I say... Uh, Jeff got a role in uh, The New Reacher. That's all. I love it. <laughs> That's the beauty is I can look Alec Richardson in the eye. Yep. Yep. Don't get me wrong. He's bigger than me. But right before he kicks the shit out of me, I can look him right in the eye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, with that revelation, that's it for the news. Take another break. And when we come back, we're talking comics. I'm Peter Davison, I played the fifth Doctor, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. 
You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the world's greatest comic book podcast. Wah, wah, wah. So, I guess it's time we get some uh, comic book news. That was really good. You did a good job dragging that out. <laughs> I did. Let me see if I, I got one to try. Uh, news. <laughs> That's 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 the Obama impersonation right there. That's good. Uh, that was good. Yes, we can. Hope and <laughs> yes, change, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. <sighs> I believe my brain has misread this headline on purpose so many times that I am just going to say the words and hope that they mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld is retiring. Yay! Yay! From Marvel character after 33 years. Oh. Yeah. Well, all right. Because let's be honest, man, the Rob Liefeld Deadpool is not the cool Deadpool. Brian Poussain's Deadpool was the cool Deadpool. Kelly Thompson's Deadpool was the cool Deadpool. Heck yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rob Liefeld? Well, he did a costume (laughs) once. Everybody everybody who wrote wrote, uh, Deadpool after Rob Liefeld wrote Deadpool. That's been the cool Deadpool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'm not saying that to be mean to old Robbie Life. I know. I know. I I'm agree. Just, I'm not disagreeing I'm with you. Shooting truth out into the wilderness. I'm trying to figure out who he co-created with. Because at that time he was writing and drawing New Mutants. So who's he sharing the credit with? That's my question. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't in the article. Mm-hmm. And I don't Fabian remember. Fabian Nicosia. Oh, Fabian Nicenza? Yeah, there you go. Fabian Nicenza. <laughs> I thought Fabian took over at writing Deadpool after Liefeld stopped. Because I thought he got introduced in New Mutants when Rob Liefeld was writing and drawing New Mutants at the same time. Maybe Fabian was writing it at the time because, you know, nobody wanted him to write it. And then he took over writing uh, when he did X-Force, so... Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is a fun line that I will never be able to say unless I'm reading someone else having said it. Mm -hmm. One of the fun parts about getting older is you can retire from things. So here I am. Yeah, double (laughs) fuck you, Rob Liefeld. Yep. Garbage human. Rude. Garth Ennis will be returning to Marvel uh, with a new miniseries called Get Fury starting May the 1st. I love it. This is good. I love it. Five issue series written by Garth Ennis, art by Jason Burroughs, covers by Dave Johnson. Uh, Ennis and Burroughs recently tamed up on the AWA Studios title, The Ribbon Queen, which is so fucking good. So good. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for the trade to come out on that one. Uh, Ennis shared, quote, There's a nice sense of things coming full circle with Get Fury. The editor is my good friend, Nick Lowe who handled Born back in the beginning, some 20 years ago. And just like uh, that story, this one sees Frank, Cancel, Frank Castle as a U.S. Marine in Vietnam. Uh, in fact, goes some way to explaining how he ended up at Firebase Valley Forge in the first place. 
The two most violent men in mainstream comics, Fury and Frank, work well together, just like they did in the Vietnam sequence of Fury, My War Gone By. All in all, if Get Fury turns out to be the last time I write Frank, I think it'll make for a worthy farewell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, just because Dark Ennis, you know. It doesn't well, matter and- if it's good or bad, man. He's entertaining. Yep, and it's the uh, we're not taking it back again, and we'll we'll talk about that when I get to my reviews. But uh, in this case, it's I'm not taking it back that Frank served in Vietnam, even right. though now if it was you know if Frank Castle was a Vietnam vet, he'd be in his seventies. So <laughs> yeah, um, Venom co-creator uh, David Micheline is going to be writing a new series um, set during Eddie Brock's early days. Yeah. David Michelini, um, we're talking late 70s and through the 80s writing for Marvel. Um, He's the guy who wrote Demon in a Bottle uh, as part of the Iron Man stories. So he's the one who gave Tony Stark alcoholism, uh, extreme alcoholism. I think Um, Tony did that with his own bad decisions. Yes, that's true, too. Uh, but a brilliant writer, um, wrote the Avengers for quite a while, uh, even wrote Avengers novels. I have one of the Avengers novels that he wrote. Um, but yeah, it's to see him return. It's like, you don't retire, Rob Liefeld. You just get invited back, which apparently you haven't been. So you're just going to say you retired. <laughs> Nobody's right. Letting me write Deadpool. I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Half of the fucking editorial bullpen at Marvel's like, oh, thank God, oh, Jesus Christ. Thank God. We're so tired of getting pitches, Deadpool pitches from Rob Liefeld. <laughs> yeah, Michelini coming back. I love it. Yeah, that's it for the news. All right, well, uh, today is Tuesday. Or no, we need to do our reviews, right? Let's talk right. about what we read this week. We could do that. Let's start with Joss. So I um, finally, after, I don't know, six, eight weeks, made it back up to Dr. Bolts to pick up my hold. Um, And after I had a slight heart attack paying that bill. Sorry. (laughs) Not your fault. Not your fault. That's all on me, buddy. Um, I I vowed that I was going to come home and read some comic books. And I'm so overwhelmed by the amount of comic books. I came home and I doom scrolled. But... I did get one read, one very important, very important comic book, and that is this little release. It's called Shaolin Nun. The Shaolin Nun, Aww. number four. Um, I backed this Kickstarter, and I love it. And it was so good. It was so good. It was. It picked right back up. I was right back in. Um, it's delightful. You did a great job, sir. Oh, thank you. What did yeah. you think of the new of the new art? Um, I liked it. It was a little bit of a visual shift for me, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but I liked it. It it flowed well. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Cool. So yeah. And yeah, but... uh yeah. I had to take yeah. over lettering too, so you might have said I, my name. I was gonna comment credit. that the lettering, the lettering was <laughs> top shelf, man. It was the best lettering I've ever seen. Yeah. It was so good. No, it's great. It's just really, really good. So congratulations on getting number four out because it is really, really well done. And I'm really happy that I got to read that one before the show today. Yay. I'm very happy you got to read it. Yeah. 
But yeah, that unfortunately is all that I managed to get rid of. I am also, as a disclaimer, I am on call as well this weekend. So that always puts a damper on my life as well. So Mm -hmm. I always say I didn't I didn't write this thing for people to, you know, stick it on their fridge. I want it to or, you know, slab it. I want I want it. I I wrote it so you could read it. I'm very proud of the work I did on it. And I want people to read it. You should. be. Um, You should be. You did a great job. What about you, Jeff? What did you get read this week? Um, I got about halfway through the 88 page extravaganza of DC's how to lose a guy gardener in 10 days. As I have complained before, redheads seem to lack representation in the hero genre. And every time I say that out loud, and I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, somebody goes, what about guy Gardner? And I'm like, Oh, the biggest douchebag in the fucking green lantern Corps. You bet. <laughs> Thanks for him. Um, so this is just a series of humiliations for Guy Gardner and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. And so I can't wait to get it finished. <laughs> what about you, sir? Joss and I always say, well, what about Matt Murdock? That's true. Matt Murdock's a redhead. Not anymore. Yep. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Depends yeah, on they, the artist. Yep. Or the actor playing him in the, in whatever show. Yeah. Yep. No, uh, let's see this week. Uh, what do we read? We read uh, Wolverine Madripoor Knights from uh, Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont is not taking it back. He's not taking it back. No. He, he brings back up that Captain America and Wolverine teamed up during World War II to protect a, a, a little, a young Natasha Romanoff. He's not taking it back. I got a no prize for that one. Claremont, don't fucking take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Um, but this one, um, rather than being uh, set in the modern era, it's actually, this is still taking place in the 80s when he wrote the original story. So, or yeah, late 80s, early 90s when he wrote the original story. So the original X-Men story that this occurred in. So, um, yeah. It's just sort of a follow-through, follow-up. And he's been doing that a lot. He'll come back write like a Wolverine story, but it's a follow-up to some Wolverine stuff from his work in the 80s. Same with uh, Madripoor Knights. It's a follow-up. So, yeah. It's all fun. Uh, Picked up Batman number 142. Uh, This is Joker Year One, Part One. So far, it's a lot of images that are interesting enough for me to keep reading. Uh, So, good job, Sadarsky, for not just making it image heavy. And I don't know what the, cause I don't know what the fuck's going on. I read it. I get to the end. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I want to know what the fuck's going on. Instead of me going, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm never buying this comic again. And yeah, I've been through that lately. So, uh, and then finally, uh, the cull by Kelly Thompson, number five. So this wraps up the first arc of the cull. Don't know when the second arc is going to get done. Um, I'm not sure where they are at it, where she is with it, because um, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a subscriber, I'm not a paid subscriber on her Substack, so I don't know where she is with the cull right now. But this ends with a setup for a new, a new arc with these characters, and um, damn, the thing to the thing for this book, and I'm sure trade will come out soon. Uh, Mattia uh, uh artwork is stunning stunning and uh yeah worth worth seeing worth reading 
And if you're a fan of the Goonies, well, so is Kelly Thompson, and she basically yeah. all of this like, the the beach the the beach for the Goonies. This is the, all of it takes place on that beach. Yeah, this whole story takes place on that beach. So, if you're a Goonies fan, there you go. Um, it's right there on that beach. Uh, but today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow is Wednesday. It's time to give our picks of the week. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high. And I was just your so what are you looking forward to this week joss um easiest pick of the week for me was marvel has a daredevil black armor number four coming out um (laughs) have i read numbers one two and three i don't think that i managed to actually yet so i'm gonna read those Mm -hmm. so that when i pick up this one i'll be current on it (laughs) um it's 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 the final round. It's the last of the four. So I should be able to review that next week if I can get up to Dr. Volts on Saturday. How about you? What are you looking forward to, Jeff? Uh, Night Thrasher, number one from Marvel. Yeah, it's about the reaction I expected. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I read it and went, uh, no. I don't know. So, it looks ridiculous. So I'm going to pick it up. All right, fair. Because that's what I do. And then from DC, um, their second release in as many weeks uh, for Night Terrors being bound. Mm. This is uh, Dark Nightmares. Um, yeah, this the the straight com- the straight book uh, uh, Night Terrors came out this last week, and so this one's a follow up with uh, with uh, the some of the side stories that happened. Um, and fucking Night Terrors was so well done and so well put together and what I read of it was so fucking good that I'm really looking forward to them binding these uh, in trade uh, mm-hmm. hardcover for now um, but we I mean we did that story on the news several months ago where DC's going to do more hardcover and less soft trade uh, as we move forward but that's what I got what do you got uh, my mainstream picks uh, from Marvel. We're looking at uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. Um, they fi- they fixed it because when they announced that they were doing it, they called it Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, even though they announced it in the Scarlet Witch's title. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is that editorial? But it's been fixed. Apparently, it's Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver picking up where the last story left off with Steve Orlando still writing, um, but uh, you know, and L- Lorenzo uh, Tometa. I think was the artist. I no, I think is a different illustrator. Um, cause it was Russell Dodderman who was doing the main illustrations in the book. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I was a little annoyed that, cause I really liked the series that they were doing the idea of the last door. Uh, when you're at the end of your rope, a door appears that you go through and then you wind up in Wanda's magic shop where she's like, okay, I'll help you. And she winds up with some pretty crazy last door adventures uh, in the first, in that first art, you know, that first uh, set they did. But I was like, I didn't need, you could have just kept this with Scarlet Witch and brought in Quicksilver for an arc. But apparently that wasn't how they wanted to do it. So well done editorial, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And then uh, 
Batman 143 will be out this week because, you know, they're trying to get these Joker stories out. All of the, you know, these three, this three part Joker story out. So, hey, I, maybe I'll figure out what's going on or at least get a better clue as to what's going on. Best of luck. Yep. From uh, IDW, uh, we'll be getting a Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the Dog of War trade paperback. So if you were a trade waiter, um, if you're a fan of Deep Space Nine, what I can tell you is that uh, Angel Hernandez and Mike Chin, who wrote this story, capture the voices of the characters in their dialogue. I could feel that I did not feel any character was inauthentic in it. Nice. Um, and it's all about a dog, a little corgi dog. Um, and uh, at the same time, uh, that is being purchased to be eaten. Of course, nobody on the station wants that to happen. And Quark is the broker of this dog that he named Latinum because that's what he was going to be. He was a big hit of Latinum for him. Of course, everybody falls in love with the little doggy. Um, and then uh, there's also some unexpected cargo that comes with Latinum, which is a Borg device that Cisco uses that uh, they can use to tap into the, into some stuff going on with the Dominion. Because this takes place right smack in the middle of the Dominion War. So... Uh, Pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed this this story. Um, out in trade. Check it out. Um, and then uh, from Tinta Books. Tinta, not Titan. Tinta Books. Uh, comes Jack London's The Mexican. Illustrated by Edu uh, Molina. And this is about the... Uh, The, the the Mexican War at the border between Mexico and the United States that took place when Jack London was down there in the early early 1900s. So um, I like these where they somebody can take these stories from you know from the past and illustrate them in such a way. And so if this shows up on a shelf at Doctor Volts, I will most likely buy it. It's only twenty bucks as a graphic novel. What about you, sir? What are your indepicts? Mm, well, fuck the Mexican. Right now, now that you've pitched it, I love Jack London. I mean, Call of the Wild is one of my favorite books of all time. Right? Uh, yeah. No. So uh, from Dark Horse, uh, new series kicking off. Uh, Blue Book, nineteen forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I believe, is is it Tinian? I'm waiting for the page to load again. It is yeah. Tinian, yes. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. James Tinian, Zach Thompson, um, Gavin Fullerton. I'm. I don't know. Uh, first batch was fucking great. This is going to be great too. I, I have very, very uh, mm-hmm. little doubt on that. And then uh, from Penthouse Comics comes Penthouse Comics number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you getting it for the letters? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't, if you've never seen a penthouse comic before from back in the day, uh, I never have. not a lot of nudity in them. Oh. Yep. Lame. So this is uh, this is yeah this is going to be a collection. Uh, it's going to be ten bucks, uh, and it's got a bunch of different stories in it. Nice. So yeah. And uh, a bonus photo shoot and editorial, just because they can. Well, of course. Um, yeah, but that's not why I'm buying it. I'm buying it for the I'm buying it for the comics. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But the uh, um, I would I would say 
Because this one was like, oh, we got a penthouse comic coming out. Your sh your comic book shop needed to have ordered this uh, three months ago. So <laughs> if you go in saying, hey, where's the penthouse comic? Oh, I got, not have it on the I got a lot. I, we, we ordered the hell out of it. <laughs> I know my guys. I do. I mean, it'll be tucked in the middle of the stack. I get it, but, mm -hmm. you know, this one's going to be good. What well, about, what about, oh, go ahead. They say all the not safe for work variants come with a free print that covers the cover. Yeah. So you get, you actually get a free print to, you know, with your book. That's actually a bonus there, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm looking I'm, forward to it. Yep. There you what go. about you, Joss? What's your indie picks? Um, I also am going to pick up Blue Book 1947 because anytime you start talking about real life UFO stories, it's mm -hmm. like calling me out, man. I'm there. I'm in it. So, yeah. I, re I really enjoy these books um, from Mr. Tinian. Uh, it's... I like that he does it in a in the you know kind of the journal the the report style like he's pulled the report and he's pulling all the text in but then you know obviously he's guided what the illustrations are going to be throughout the throughout the piece so it's a really cool way to do it and I like it yeah all right anything else yeah that's it for me okay well let's jump into our Tardises head into April and give our pick of the future. What are you uh, picking in the future there, uh, Joss? So from Boom Studios, there is a, um, it's Blown Away number one from writer Zach Thompson and artist Nicola Iza, Izo, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, Bryn Brodigan is a wildlife photographer located in the remote cold of Baffin Island. She sees something she can't unsee. Did she witness a murder? Dun, dun, dun. I, uh, I'm all about it. Like, let's put somebody on a remote island in a blizzard and, and murder and see what happens. I love it. Mm -hmm. So I'm all in. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read it. I'm going to hope it's as mysterious and great as I've made it in my mind already. How about you, Jeff? What's your future pick? Uh, mine's coming from Boom Studios. It is the Sons of El Topo. A bandit without morals or limits. A transformative journey through the West. And his two sons... Cain and Abel, oh. rich Corinthian sons. Uh, yeah, prepare to be immersed in a surreal and deeply spiritual Western. I, fuck, I love a Western. I love a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, where fate brings the two sons of El Topo to the end of their journey, collected in a premium hardcover Omnibuy for the first time. Um, but yeah, this is uh, Alejandro Jordorowski. I, it looks fucking great. I haven't yeah. heard of it before, and I'm so fucking delighted that this looks... I can't wait to read it. So that's where I'm at. What do you got? Uh, continue on from uh, last week. I highlighted a big comic from Marvel this week. Big comic from DC will be Nightwing number 300. Ooh. Well, Nightwing 113, but Legacy 300. And they're definitely calling it 300. Um this is the landmark issue, man. Uh, you've seen him go from Acrobat to Orphan, from Dick Grayson to Robin, from Robin to Nightwing. You've seen him work alongside the universe's most powerful heroes against existence's most sinister villains. You've seen Dick Grayson do so many things, but now in this 300th issue, you'll see him 
Well, you just have to pick up the issue to find out. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Will it be a wedding? Will it just be an adventure? We don't know. So, uh, 300, uh, Legacy 300 Milestone. I'm looking forward to this. Um, Maybe it's a breakup and he'll just be in his apartment crying. Crying the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Barbara breaks his heart. You know, it could happen. Who knows? Takes, and even takes Haley with her. That would, uh, that would break. That trick that never would works. break his heart. Because, you know, he loses both his girlfriend and his dog at the same time. That would be sad. Um, but they're not really dead. They just left him. That would be yeah. sad. Uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, Nightwing 300. Looking forward to that. Nice. I like it. Well, it sounds like that's it. Anything else, kids? Remember to pop over to the comicbookpodcast.com and help us out with our current fundraiser. We're building a studio, folks. It's going to be a clubhouse of joy, a welcome area for all that want to come. Probably going to need a couch. Yeah. Ooh, a couch. Just throwing that out there. I like it. Okay. We're we're getting excited for this. Um, but uh, another way to help out this, uh, help out the, the shows is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash media, where every week we give you extra content. Uh, our favorite extra content, because it's easy, is a list. Uh, <laughs> we are once again continuing our list of the top 45 best movies of all time. Uh, starting this week with uh, the 29th film and working our way down to the 20th film, basically. Or we'll we'll go down to the 21st film. How does that sound? We'll go down to the 21st film, and that way we can start on 20, which is a a good, a big one. So uh, this is uh, best best movies of all time ranked. Um, And as always, this is uh, a chance for me to Pull out my my uh, non-existent film degree and talk about uh, <laughs> film, not just movies, but film. Uh, and so, in the meantime, I'll say as I always do: until Chris Claremont won't take it back, make mine Marvel. For Hell's Kitchen. For Stan. For Asgard. For-